that I started, I've really been meditating on this. And in some ways, it's quite theological because that matters. It's actually really important. Uh, It's important that we just don't pull everything out of a hat and just think what we want to think just because that's how we think. Uh, We get in trouble that way. Uh, But it's also really practical where you live. And so we're just continuing a series of reconciling sin and judgment uh, and God as love. Like, how, how do you reconcile that, right? Uh, and this is part two of that series. If you haven't listened to part one, I really recommend you go back and do that. It will uh, it will help you create some context. So we're just going to dive in. Uh, in part one, we talked a lot about uh, sort of this concept as, as sin as something you heal. Uh, and uh, I brought that into the context of the, uh, the, the parable of the prodigal uh, son. It should be actually the parable of the good father with two sons, one prodigal in the sense of going off and sinning with licentiousness, kind of anything goes. If I want it, feels good. That's a yes. <laughs> that doesn't turn out really well, although God does want you to feel good, but May not at the expense of being who you are, uh, that gets us into trouble. And then the legalistic elder brother, and there's healing for both of those. So let me, I'm just pulling up my notes real quick. Uh, so, you know, the truth is that we are not there to, um, to, uh, choose between one or the other, but we get both. I'm still pulling out my notes. So, um, so, uh, so we're trying to avoid each toxic ditch, the toxic ditch of legalism, where my righteousness and well-being is based on obeying uh, laws, and we're not under the law of Moses, which is earning your righteousness by what you do. That's a trap. That's a death trap, and you will die. The letter of the law kills. And if you've been under that, whether or not it's been kind of the laws of Moses or maybe some other laws, uh, we can get legalistic with our uh, diet and exercise and create that as a religion with a bunch of rules that we have to obey in order to be good enough, you know, or with anything. Right. Uh, and that is bondage. And those of you who who suffered from that uh, will vibe with that. Right. But we're also not under lawlessness where, you know, well, you know, a lot of times what happens is is if you abused in one ditch, you just end up in the other. And it's both death because uh, if you, if you sort of do whatever feels good, you will end up in a pig pen and that is bondage because now you're in bondage to your passions. So, you know, let's, let's talk about, Kind of uh, the middle ground, which we which was talked about in in part one, uh, the law of love, which is the ultimate overarching law. And I mentioned last time there were other laws that we are under: uh, the law of love, the law of Christ Jesus, the law of freedom, the law of the Spirit. So there's basically four, but they all boil down to the law of love. And I love it when it 
I love it when we boil down to one thing because then I don't get confused because they all boil down to that. A new commandment that I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. In order to do that, we really need to become ongoing students of the person of love. So what does he say love is? Because, you know, one of the one of the challenges is that um that we uh we kind of say okay it's great love so i you know and then we kind of go into our own version of what that is and that can be in anything goes right uh and so uh we can kind of warp that into something that it's not so i would say that love is love until it's not and god gets to find what love is because that's him and so he might know <laughs> and he is truth and this is, and I'm not saying this to particularly bash, say, the LGBTQ community. I, oh, my God, no. They are loved and adored sons and daughters. Um, but there is messed upness in it, just like there's messed upness everywhere. Like, this is a level playing ground. Love is not love when, you know, in, in, in a heterosexual world, if you want to go from that uh, viewpoint. Uh, so we, you know, we really need, we, the bottom line is we just really need God. And that's a level playing ground for all of us. So, but when we're talking about this issue of sin, so what is sin? Well, sin, sin, I would posit is not violating a moral law of a moral law of a bunch of rules of do's and don'ts. Uh, sin is violating love. And then God gets to, uh, to say what that is. And, and, you know, and that's not just against God, but against ourselves and against one another. And that's where we need to seek the Lord because sometimes it gets really confusing. Right. Uh, and this is where we need scripture properly interpreted as well as, um, as a spirit that leads us and guides us in it and, and holds us accountable. Uh, but the truth is, you know, we're held accountable for kind of one thing at a time. There's only so much we can handle uh, because the, the the high watermark is to be conformed to the image of Christ, which is who is love, right? Well, you know, we got a ways to go. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that tongue in cheek because clearly. Um, so, you know, but when we talk about sin, we have to recognize some things, you know, because uh, Christ actually went to the cross um, he actually did something about the fallenness of actually humanity and the seen realm in a finished way that you were restored to your original design. What was what was um, what was fallen, broken uh, in the human existence um, was um, was uh, taken care of. Jesus became sin uh, for all sin for all time. And he uh, was crucified. That means sin was crucified. The entity of sin, which is something that that um, that the word says actually entered in. So it's this alien thing, but it's not in nature because your nature is as Christ in this world. Jesus is a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So something happened before we were even created before the foundation of the world. And we were joined with Christ before the foundation of the world purely holy, righteous, and then sent, and then entering into the seen realm, um, you know, uh, we're, we're born into a fallen world. And we, 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 there are fallen ways of being, but it's not a nature. It is mindsets, 
strongholds, uh, a broken will, a broken mind, a broken will, broken emotions, broken bodies, broken personalities um, that in turn represent that that cause us not to see ourselves in the image and likeness of love, not to see God as love in his, his, and I would say slash her, because I've written this God, male and female, but I don't want to go off on a tangent, uh, in God's image and likeness uh, as the person of love. And we're created in love as in that image, in our flavor. And as we're tracking with that, we're able to operate in love, to love as he loves. And any way that violates that, that's sin. Okay. And so, uh, but it's a byproduct of a mistaken identity because, uh, because of the finished work of Christ, we are justified and made righteous, uh, as Christ. Uh, so that, that takes you to, uh, Ephesians 1, 7, Colossians 1, 13 through uh, 14, Romans 8, 1, 29 through 31, uh, 31 through 34, second Corinthians 5, 17 and 21 and first John 4, 17, if you needed scripture and there's a lot of it, uh, and it's worth deep diving in that because, you know, um, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but who we are in our original design, in our original, uh, in our original created state are as innocent and righteous as God is. And because we're not tracking with that, we violate love, which is sin. But the happily, all sin has been forgiven. So Hebrews 10, uh, 12 through 14 uh, says, but when this priest, referring to Christ, offered the one supreme sacrifice for sin for all time, he sat down at the, uh, the throne of the right hand of God. And by his one perfect sacrifice, he has made us perfectly holy and complete. And if you study that out, it's an ongoing purpose, uh, ongoing thing. So it's, it's, that's how we are and it's being worked out. So this is working out our salvation with, with fear and trembling. So my question is, uh, how good a job did Jesus do on that cross doing that? Well, it was perfect and complete uh, he became sin on, on our behalf that we would be made his righteousness. So did he leave anything out? And who did he do this for? Um, was it for the entire world? Ooh, I do think there's scripture. Yeah, he did this for the entire world. That means if you're a human being, he did this for you. It is a completed work for you. And the issue is not whether this applies to you. It's an issue of how much you receive it because truth is truth, independent of whether you believe it or not. Truth is truth, independent of how much you're tracking with it. And, you know, I, I, I would hope that we would all be humble enough to admit that none of us do this perfectly. So, oh, wow, we maybe, ha we maybe have a ways to go <laughs> in working out that salvation with fear and trembling. But it's not a salvation that's made complete because we said a prayer. Uh, or because we uh, joined a particular religious faith, it's it's true because it's true, and we experiencing it. By all means, say the prayer, but understand that God's presence in you is not because of a prayer. Your union with Him is not because of a prayer. It was there before you ever said a prayer, but your prayer, my God, say the prayer and keep on saying prayers all the time. <laughs> we need it. Um, 
because we awoke to that truth. And now we get it from an objective reality to a subjective experience. And that applies to every human being. Uh, so, uh, which takes us to Romans 8, 29 through 30. I love this so much. This just makes me happy. I'm reading this from the New Revised Standard Version. Uh, it says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed in the image of Christ in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So let's talk about the sequence because this is really important important, particularly when we're talking about who does this apply to. Okay, so the sequence is being foreknown, uh, then being predestined, then being called, then being justified, then being glorified. Okay, so foreknown. Who does God foreknow? You know, we say in Christian circles that God is omniscient. That means he knows all things. So who does he not know? Who snuck in the creation narrative as a human being that God did not know before he created them? Like, did he turn his back suddenly, sort of a, a human being popped out and squeezed into the, the humanity? No, there's no, no, no human is not created by God. Uh, the Satan, whoever you want to say, does not create kids. He make, there may be kids that act like him. So in their behavior, they're acting like a son or daughter of Satan. Uh, but that's not their ontology, their creation, what they came from. That's a figure of speech. You're acting just like your father. You're following Satan. Knock it off because he's not even your real father. Knock it off. And that's the whole point of yanking them uh, to come into an awareness of who their real father is. Okay. All right. Uh, so everyone is foreknown. If you're a human being, pinch, pinch, uh, you are foreknown. Okay. Uh, and then the next one is being predestined. Okay, so this is where the Calvinists, we run into problems because the Calvinistic teaching was that you were either predestined for heaven or hell and you didn't really know, but usually the ones who believed that uh, didn't feel, felt like they were predestined for heaven and it was someone else. And then there were those that actually got sucked into that didn't do well, right? Like, okay, so that's a demonic teaching. Sorry, Calvinists, but uh, but what, what does scripture actually say? It actually says being predestined to be conformed into the image of Christ. Oh, that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about heaven or hell afterlife. We're talking about being conformed into the image of Christ. So, wow, that sounds like love to me. Doesn't that sound like love to me? He wants a bunch of kids that look just like who he created them to be, who they really are, right? Uh, and then being called, what are you called? You're called to his own. You're called to him. And in into him, you're also called to do stuff, but as a byproduct of being called as not just a follower of Christ, but as a son and daughter who knows they're a son and daughter. And when you know you're a son and daughter, that's not tolerated, uh, that he's not disappointed in. No, you're a son and daughter in whom he's well pleased. Oh, because of that. Oh, wow. Out. I violated a bunch of things. Yeah, that needs to go. You start acting like a son and daughter, a real son and daughter of your father in heaven who is love, who adores you as his son and daughter. And the next one, being justified. Notice these are all past tense. Isn't that amazing? Being justified. What does that mean? That means uh, your, your justification is being made right. That means wow, you've been forgiven. We're not, that does not mean that we're saying 
a sinful act, a sinful way of being is not sinful and destructive. We God pushes nothing under the carpet. As a matter of fact, he is light. Come into the light. Everything that is hidden will be revealed and seen, boom, for what it is. Well, we'll just come into the light now and say, icky, icky, Father, I did this. Absolutely. And I enjoyed it and I did it and I insisted on doing it even when you told me no. And I need your help. Forgive me because I can't seem to help myself. And he's like, okay, you're forgiven. And let me help you with that thing. Right? So we are justified. Okay. And the last one is what's actually happening now being glorified. This is us being glorified in the image and likeness of God. So which means we know who God is. We know we look just like him growing in that. And because of that, our behavior, our mind, will, and emotions start to become in line with the mind of Christ. Our will is, is yielded to God. Our emotions are settling down and healing. Trauma is going. Um, all these self-protective ways of being, all these self-destructive ways of being, addictions, compulsions, pick a card, any card, relational garbage, places where you can't trust and you need to trust, okay? Uh, places where you don't have boundaries and you need boundaries. Places where you, you know, um, have all these, I don't know, different ways of being that are, that harm you or harm other people. That puppy is going, okay? And then also that you don't just live into yourself because what did he say? You love as he loves. Well, does God love you? Yeah, you need to love you. Does God love other people? Absolutely. Do, what does that look like? Well, that will look like service, baby. It's not just living for yourself. Well, I'm glorified and look at me and yay, I'm having a happy, prosperous life. Well, he wants you to have a happy, prosperous life. And, and while you're having a happy, prosperous life, you help other people have a happy, prosperous life. You do something. There's something that he's called you to do where you lay down your life for other people because that's what love does. Love as I have loved you. And what does love do? A love lays down his life uh, for other people, not to earn something, but because you've got it all and now you can give it away freely because you have all you need, more than you need. And now you can just love. And this is where you look around and you forgive and you give your time into things and you give up your, uh, uh, give money, not because you have to, but because, oh my God, I, God gave this to me. He blessed me so I could be a blessing. Okay. And it puts everything in proper order. Um, we have been, uh, we have been justified and made right through the championship of Christ alone. Not of everything that we, that, that we do, Everything we do is because of, of a byproduct of that. And if you're doing something to earn something, reel it in until you get this sense of, wow, I let, let him love you, let him heal you. So you're not performing to be something because you already are something. Okay. Um, and then he says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So how much condemnation? And, oh, let me just do this quick one. Who's in Christ? Is it because you said a prayer? I hope you said a prayer. But did that make you in Christ? Um, so I'm not trying to do a trick answer. Um, no, it is you were in Christ. If you're a human being, you're in Christ. Okay. And I know we have a problem with this. We like this in and out. I want people to say the prayer because I'm hoping that it's a reflection of their heart that they're opening in whatever stumbling way they have to God who looks like Christ 
And, you know, Christ doesn't always reveal himself that way because that could be a stumbling block to someone who's not there yet. Okay. Um, but he will engage with all his kids and then he reveals who he, who he is in proper order. Let God be God. Let him do the work. Um, and we, in our evangelism programs, you're a sinner, you need to be saved so you don't go to hell. Well, that's not relational. That's not loving as Christ loves. Um, it's like, you're already good. You're already loved and you're already created in the image and likeness of God. And let me tell you about this God who adores you. Yeah. Can you turn to him? Because he, he wants you to know him. That's good evangelism. So you're not in Christ because you chose him. You're in Christ because he chose you. You're in Christ because Father God created you. He didn't separate from you. He's omnipresent. That means he's present everywhere. If I make my bed in the midst of hell, even you were there. So he's present in every, every human being. The problem is we don't know it. When we don't know it, we can act like the devil. Absolutely. And I've seen Christians act like the devil. It's just a thing. Okay. We all need help. Okay. And I, I, you know, I, I'm not saying that all dogs go to heaven or whatever. I'm saying there's only one way to the father that's through Christ, but how God wants to roll that out for people is the holy ground of what he's doing with each and every individual and we're not here to judge. We're just here to partner with whatever God is doing. Okay. Um, so you are in Christ because he chose you um, before the foundation of the world. Let me give you some scripture just to help you with that because that freaks people out. That is the thing. Second uh, Timothy 1, 9 through 10. This is the Passion Translation. He gave us resurrection life and drew us to himself by his holy calling on our lives. And it wasn't because of any good we have done. Thank God. Um, uh, okay. I lost my place, but I had to hallelujah, but by his divine pleasure, he's so happy about it. Right. And that marvelous grace that confirmed our union with the anointed Jesus, even before time began, you were one with God. You were in Christ before time began. Where do you think you came from? Right. And he didn't separate you when he sent you to planet Earth. Let's go to um, uh, to Ephesians 1, 4. This is the Passion Translation. This particular version is 2018 because it brings out this union. And he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Um, because of his great love, he ordained us or marked us with love. Thank you. This makes me so happy. I'm just having a little happy dance. Just please tolerate my spasm right here so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with unstained innocence. How does he see you? Unstained innocence. He knows who you are. The problem is you don't know who you are. Okay. Love has 20-20 vision. And this is what God is healing. He's also healing our vision, our hearts, our minds, our wills, our emotions. So we see as he sees and we love as he loves. Okay. Now the problem is, okay. Sin is very dangerous. Okay. So I'm not saying that sin is <clears throat> no big deal. Sin is huge. It's worse than we know. Oh, let me think the wages of sin is death. Okay. De -de 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 death. Okay. So God doesn't stutter. I may have, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it, and, and, and he gets to define what that is. And if you understand it, violating the law of love, which is the law you're under, that's what wages death. 
Okay, it's a big deal in everywhere. And listen, he sees it all. Mind, will, and emotions, body, personality, intentions. I mean, all of it. Okay. Laid bare before God who loves you, but is not pushing nothing under the carpet. Right. And all the ways we deceive ourselves and make it sound really good and use scripture to do it. Just saying. Um, or, or justify, we use other institutions to justify whatever. So sin is dangerous. You know why? Well, number one, there's wages of death, but it also what it does in order to, to do something sinful, we literally have to harden our hearts to turn away from God. Yeah. And that is deadly. Okay. Um, but uh, and okay, so let me just take you here. Colossians 1 20 through 22, uh, 20 through 22. I'm reading this from the New King James. It says, and you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked deeds, yet now he is reconciled, right? In the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Well, who is he talking to? Oh, he's talking to the people who were, are saying, I, screw you, Jesus, screw you, God, screw you and your dog too, whatever. I'm going my own way. I'm doing wickedness. Wicked is the word wicker, which means perversion and a twisting. So I'm going off my own way. I'm turning my back. I'm hardening my heart. Screw you and all the people that follow you. I'm doing my own thing. Screw the people that I'm hurting. Screw myself who I'm hurting. Uh, all of that. And that's all, and that's all of us in, right? We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? So that has he reconciled. So which means, you know what? I am not an enemy towards you. I don't hate you. I don't, I'm not here to co condemn you. My goal is to win your heart back to turn to me because I know who you are and I will present you holy, blameless and above reproach in my sight. And I'm not, I'm not looking at you through the blood of Jesus. Like I have to do snow covered dung garbage. No, I'm looking at who you really are, right? That's what he's doing. So where are we alienated and enemies? Oh, in our minds. And it's not, and we, we're, we're looking at him as an enemy. It's like, I, I'm, I don't have enemies. The only enemies, let me just tell you, let me just help you. The only enemies God has are not people. Even the people that are doing child sacrifice and satanic ritual abuse. I mean, the sex trade traffic, all the, those are not God's enemies. God doesn't have enemies. You know why? He's forgiven. All sin for all time. That's a cross thing based on what Christ accomplished. So when we say that didn't apply, we're saying, Jesus, you did a sucky job. You, did, you missed a spot, right? Okay. All sin for all time. Okay. And um, so we're not his, uh, he, he's not an enemy to us, but we make ourselves an enemy to him, right? We project that onto him. So he's reconciling. It's like, baby, you're mine. I love you. Why do you have to do that? You don't have to do that. This is not who you are. Let me go to the pits of hell with you in your hellhole that you are creating and insisting on holding and bringing other people with you, by the way. Let me go there with you to get you the hell out of hell and then make you a freedom fighter <laughs> for others so that you're loving as I love. Um, so Colossians 120, and by the blood of the cross, everything in heaven and earth, okay, that covers a lot. 
is brought back to himself, back to original intent, restored to innocence again. Only God can do that. And he's good at his job. And our job is to say yes to whatever he's doing in us. Because you are in Christ, you are uncondemnable. Now, are there, you know, there are unspeakable things that people do. The things they do, the harm is condemnable. But guess what? That is actually sin. And you are culpable when you say yes to that. But you are not condemned because you are a son and daughter who doesn't know they're a son and daughter, who's rebelling, whatever it is. Uh, but there's no condemnation in Christ. Um, it's because he was crucified. And with his crucifixion, right, you were crucified with him and raised a new creature not seen before. When did that happen? Did that happen when you said a prayer? No, that happened 2,000 years ago. And actually, mystically, before the foundation of the world, when Christ was crucified, the lamb slain before the crown, foundation of the world. So this recreation, and I don't understand it. It's too mystical for me. It's above my pay grade, but it's what is true. But my yes and your yes is an awakening to that truth. So we experience the fruits of that. When we're blind to it, we experience the fruit of oh death. Yeah, right? Okay. So uh, Jesus, uh, we were baptized. All humanity was baptized into Jesus' death and mystically raised with him. That's Romans 6, 3 through 6, 8 through 10, Galatians 2, 18 through 20. So this is not to say that sin is okay. That, oh, well, right, gay is included, so no big deal. No, your decision is crucial. Every time you say yes to him is crucial. Every time you say no to him is death, okay? Part of our problem is that we have a will that wants to go off on its own. We get scared. Well, if I say yes to you, Jesus, I'm going to lose something. Well, you know, actually you might, but you'll actually reap eternal life. I mean, we do have to lay things down. We really do, um, but it's not to earn it, it's to be who we are. So yeah, there's a lot he's gonna have you lay down and that's not fun. It's never fun really to be convicted. It's just like, out, out, okay, yes, you're right. <sighs> okay, okay, I'm so glad I laid that down, but that was really hard. Oh, that was brutal. <sighs> but now I'm good. <laughs> I'm experiencing the peaceable fruit of righteousness, right? Um, okay, so sin is huge. Uh, the wages of sin is death, Romans 6, 23, but evil or sin is considered a sickness. This is what we talked about last time, a sickness. Uh, so God is about healing it rather than punishing it, right? So we are forgiven and justified people regardless of, um, regardless of our behavior. Now our behavior matters. It really matters, uh, but that doesn't make the truth of what was accomplished on the cross not true. But what it does do is it causes us not to experience it subjectively where we live. So if we're working on our salvation with fear and trembling, well, when we're saying no to God, that salvation is still there uh, and we're not working it out. So we are still in bondage and we're still the hurting people and we'll, we're still harming ourselves. Uh, and so, you know what, in order to be healed and delivered, 
we're going to have to yield to God. We're going to have to say yes when we want to say no. <laughs> we want we're going to have to say, oh, this self-protective way of being, oh, that means I guess I don't trust you, God. I guess when it felt like rubber meet the road, you weren't there for me, that you you failed me. Uh, you know, I prayed and someone died. Uh, I was a little kid and I was molested. Uh, you know, something horrible happened to a family member. I lost my business and I prayed and where the hell were you? We're, we're going to have to get in the muck of that and probably forgive a sinless God because I guarantee you God was there. Uh, and, you know, we've talked about this a lot. God doesn't control people. And so we're going to have to where the rubber meets the road and our emotions want to say, I'm angry at you. I don't trust you. I can't trust you. And God is like, yeah, I'm after that right now because I'm asking you to expand a little bit and trust me more because every time you don't trust me, you're violating love and going off in your own way. And it never goes well, even though I'm with you. Well, you go off your own way, it never goes well. And he's looking for our yes, where honestly it hurts. It hurts to say yes. When God is saying, okay, Catherine, you're overeating problem. We're going to nab that. I'm like, oh crap. Okay. Yes, you're right. Forgive me. Or your porn problem or your, what I'm just picking problems, right? Or your, oh, 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 I asked you to give of your finances and you didn't because you were scared. You wouldn't have enough, right? all of this. Okay. He's going to nab us in a good way. Not because we're bad, but because we're good. We're too good to leave us in this, uh, 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 fallen state. He's constantly bringing us out, conforming us into the image of Christ, disciplining us, not punitive. We're not talking about punishing sin. We're talking about confronting sin convicting us of righteousness that yeah that's a simple way of being you need to knock it off right and it's hard but he enables us to do the hard things you know why we look just like him right we're champions we look just like him in our flavor and he's after healing us from everything that violates love in us towards other people or violates love uh uh in in ourselves right uh, and we are supposed to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. That's part of our purpose is as we're healed, we also start to give out and do what the Lord is saying. And he's going to ask us to do hard things, lay down things that we want to hold on to, right? Lay down idols. Oh my God, <laughs> that we want to hold on to, right? He's going to constantly be doing that because he loves us. It's bad for us. And he wants us of life more abundantly to the full until it overflows and he's calling us to love as he loves and that is ultimate freedom that is the law of love the law of christ the law of the spirit the law of freedom that is where god is bringing us out into what he's always called us to be and that's where we're you start to experience god in ways that you never thought possible and that is true life oh i think it's called eternal life Anyway, I hope this has been a blessing for you today. Next time, because I could hear some of you 
saying, okay, so all this God is love and he's forgiven us and we're justified and we're, we're, we're being, we're glorified and being working out that glorification process. Um, all of that, that there's no condemnation, that even if you haven't said the magic prayer, you're still in Christ. Wow. What does that mean? Uh, uh, what about wrath and judgment? It's a thing. We're going to talk about it next time. So, uh, so stay tuned for part three. Uh, I hope this has been a blessing. I hope it's given you something to chew on and, uh, we'll, uh, reconvene next time. Love you guys. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Oh, by the way, please subscribe, uh, to my channel, whether it's, whether it's on any of the podcast platforms, uh, my YouTube channel, please subscribe. Uh, that just helps me do more of what I do for free. Uh, uh, please subscribe so I can also help others get more freedom and be happier and be and have something meaningful that they're, you're doing. All right. Thank you for doing that. Love you guys. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit katherinetoon.com.